Hello and welcome to the Meditation Conversation. I'm your host, Kara Goodwin, and today I'm joined by Todd Steinberg. Todd is the co-founder of Camuso, which is dedicated to helping people breathe better to feel better. He helped develop a necklace called The Shift, which if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see the shift right here that I'm wearing. Um, and it simply slows the pace of your breath. Before Camuso, he knew very little about wellness and unknowingly suffered from high-functioning anxiety, which led to the product discovery. Todd is dedicated to educating the world about how breathing better as a habit can be life-changing. So I love this episode with Todd. He gives a gazillion little hacks and um, information about about your physiology and about how your breath and other other um, ways that we express stress that are surprising, um, you know how those little signals sh show us what's happening within our mind and how we can use that information to help us become less stressful. He's just he just fires away and gives so much information, um, and I I really enjoy this time with him. So I hope that you get just as much out of it as I did. And we talk about the shift from Camuso. He is the co-founder of Camuso. And if you're interested in this product, you should definitely check it out. He's offering 15% off for listeners. If you use code KaraGoodwin15, you can get 15% off and I'll have a link in the show notes. It's this product is really beautiful, high quality, um, and it comes in this beautiful packaging. And the company itself is so, so nice and conscientious. I have a friend, hi, Wendy, um, who has um, contacted this company to um, talk about somebody who was in need and really could benefit from it. And they they sent one for free to this person. Like they're very, they really want to make a difference. And, um, so it's definitely the type of company that I recommend supporting and not to mention the, uh, personal benefit that you'll get from the shift. And now enjoy this episode. So welcome Todd. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, thank you so much, Karen, for that wonderful intro. Yeah, my pleasure. So let's just start with, you know, as we're growing up, we're never really taught how to think or how to breathe. Um, how can thinking, how is that directly tied to breathing and why is it important? I mean, fantastic opening question. And that's usually where I start is getting right into the numbers. You know, we have an average of 50,000 thoughts per day. And there's a study done that said that 80% of those thoughts can be negative. So 50,000 is a big number, right? And when you contrast that to an average of 20,000 breaths per day, I think what most people don't understand because we're not taught this is that the brain is talking to the uh, diaphragm and our breaths communicate with our thoughts. And when our thoughts get, get, you know, a little bit tense or negative, our breath gets shallow and uneven. And when our breath gets long and deep and even, our mind usually starts to calm down. And it's all physiological and neurological. But uh, if you contrast how 
monks are raised versus how we're raised, their first lesson in monk school is how to breathe. Uh, and I, I like to I like to just start with a hey, if I told you to take a deep breath, how would you do it? And I I I'm always talking about breath. So when I when I do just to have a random conversation on the street, I'm like just show me because I'm usually looking at someone's chest to see how they're breathing and what kind of state they're in. And you know, once I've learned this, I just I can't stop <laughs> devouring all the science. But uh, they usually take a deep breath like this, which is nice, but what that person just did with that really deep inhale was kind of uh, give a little bit of, of a gas pedal because the inhale is the gas and the exhale is the brake. It's just like an easy way to look at it. So what most people didn't understand and I didn't until very recently was that the exhale is where your vagus nerve is kind of tied to and where your parasympathetic nervous system lies. And that's where relaxation is. So if you're going to take a deep breath to feel calm, it's how you take that deep breath. And then how many times you take that deep breath, that's going to actually change your state of mind. So um, <laughs> learning this at age, what was I, 36, was one part disappointing that I didn't learn it before, but five parts, like totally exciting because I was able to, you know, really change my life by doing one simple thing that was right under my nose the whole time. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. So what kind of changes did you notice as you as you changed your breath? So it was actually with a friend of mine who is a therapist and business partner now. He was saying, look, like I, I was trying to learn meditation and I was just very uh very random about it. You know, some days I would, some days I wouldn't. I don't think I was really tapping into the power of it, you know, the gray matter. I I I, I understood the purpose of it and I respected the science of it, but what, as it related to the breathing, I didn't know what I was doing. So, so he said, you know what, let me give you a little bit of a, of a, you know, some training wheels here. And he handed me a straw and I thought he was crazy, but he's like, look, just breathe through this straw, just exhale through it. That's all I want you to do for two minutes. And as I did that, this crazy thing happened. It was, you know, I guess at the moment I was feeling a little bit tense. So I felt my shoulders drop. I felt my heart rate come down almost felt like this sensation, like I was floating, like I started to rise from where I was. It was, it was bizarre because all I was doing was breathing, right? There was no pill. There was no uh, magical pixie dust. It was just a longer exhale that was four or five times in the making that, uh, that made me stop right in my tracks and say, whoa, what, what is happening here? Why, why am I feeling calm? I love this. Don't get me wrong, but why am I feeling calm? And that's what triggered this whole uh, research event of wait a second, breath is tied to our state of mind. How did I not know this? But yeah, it was simply because of a straw that changed everything. <laughs> that That's so cool. So if we, if we talk about the shift, um, it does have like the circumference-ish of, of a straw. Now I'm really interested in, because I've watched, you know, the videos and I've, I've, um, or, you know, and, and the, read the instructions and you're supposed to breathe through it in such a way that it doesn't really make a noise, right? Yeah. So you're looking at it and I don't know how many people can see us right now, but you're looking at it and it looks like a whistle. It's that's know. the thing. Cause it's got this and you can make it whistle. Yeah, like, I've played around with them. Like I can make it whistle. <laughs> if you want to, there's that built-in capability. Absolutely. But we didn't want it to be distracting for 
for other people, you know, near that person, or we didn't want to, we didn't want someone to have to feel forced to play a song because the actual brand itself, Kamuso, is inspired by the Japanese monks of 17th century Japan. So it came from a whistle, and that's why you see that 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 part shaped off right there. That's what it's called a shakuhachi, and it's uh this this amazing looking uh, flute played by these these monks, these wooden flutes that were incredible. That we just so happened to see at an art fair one day. And it was like right around that time where I had learned the straw breathing technique. So it's like, wait a second, ancient science with meditation. And they would play the flute to meditate. And then it was like modern science uh, with the straw breathing and the physiological, you know, response to the nervous system through breath. And it just kind of dawned on me. It was like, hey, this is a, this is a meditation tool. This is a breathing tool. This is something that can make a difference. So we wanted to make it easy for people. We didn't want it to have, we didn't want people to have to learn how to use it. We wanted it to just be like immediately accessible. So the use is simple in that you're going to take a deep inhale through your nose and always, I can't stress this enough, always try to breathe through your nose. Um, when you're not obviously eating or talking, uh, you're going to get more oxygen into your blood cells. When you do that, you're going to be, uh, it, it basically acts as a filter for all those toxins to come out as well. So, the, the inhale, and this is another thing that I didn't realize, we're typically breathing into our chest, into our upper chest. So we're not accessing like three-fourths of our lungs, and that's where a lot of that oxygen lives. So, And then the oxygen to CO2, that, that exchange is, is important too. So a lot happening subconsciously and unconsciously that we are never aware of because, again, we weren't taught this. But when you take a deep, deep inhale through your nose into your belly to make your diaphragm, your rib cage expand – that's the right breath. That's the right inhale, right? And then if you just give it a quick pause and let the air escape through the shift or tool, it sounds like this. And what you'll notice there is that typically your exhale is what? One second, two seconds. You're just kind of racing from one breath to the next. Sometimes we're holding our breath. And what that just did to my nervous system was say, hey, everything's okay. And I think what the studies have found is that we are constantly living in some state of fight or flight, which great if you are being chased by a grizzly bear or, you know, if you're trying to bench press 300 pounds, like that's when you need that adrenaline and cortisol, right? But what we don't realize is that we're checking our phone with an average of 150 times per day. It's not, I didn't just make up that number. There's a study there. 150 times. Do you, do you think our brains were equipped to do that? Like, do you think we we should be distracted that many times a day? And that's where, and that's why meditation is so important, right? Because you need to sit in that stillness. You need to give your mind a break, um, even if it's for five minutes. But because of that pattern happening, we may not be able to control all of our responses neurologically, but what we can control is our breath. And if we can get our breath from what's normally, and again, into the numbers here, but we're breathing like 18 to 22 breaths per minute, not exactly healthy because that's the breathing rate of, you know, maybe like a light jog or a fast walk. If we can get more to six breaths per minute more often, that's where the heart, mind, body, that's where there's, there's this synthesis and it's just really, if you think about your prefrontal cortex, right? This is where all the, you know, executive uh, decisions are, are made. That's the executive functioning part of the brain. That is those two hemispheres of your brain are aligned when you're breathing in a, uh, 
you, you can call it anything, but really it's, it's, it's just, it's just even breathing. So like if you can go five in and five out and you can do that for a few minutes every day, multiple times a day, it's kind of like you're just hitting the reset button on your body and brain. Let's say you don't have the time to meditate or sit down or, or, or plug into your phone to get that soundtrack. You're able to just kind of hit that button to say, Hey body, Hey brain, like we're going to do a quick reset. Um, we don't need to be anywhere or, 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 uh, ha- ha- be outside or, or have our journal. It's, it's already built within us. And I think our message was because breathing is unconscious because we don't think about it. It's part of our autonomic nervous system. The tool, because it sits around your neck because you wear it, you're kind of like, Oh yeah, this is something I have to be doing. And this is something that, uh, like brushing your teeth twice a day. We don't miss that. Right. Like we don't, <laughs> we don't, we, we treat our teeth like they're more important than our, than our minds sometimes. And that's, uh, that's, that's, that, that was my life. So now that daily practice of coming back to your breath and coming back for just a few minutes to realign yourself and to get yourself into that state where, you know, maybe you felt a little bit, you didn't realize it, but because you checked your phone, you're entering what's called tech apnea or screen apnea. So everyone out there, the next time you check your phone, check your breath, because what's happening is there's something called this anticipatory, you know, response where no matter what message is waiting for you, your brain is trying to figure out if it's good news or bad news. And when it's doing that, it's telling your breath, wait, (laughs) hold on. We don't know what we're going to need yet. We might need some cortisol. We might need some adrenaline. Um, So, Holding the breath sends that alert signal to the fight or flight saying, hey, let's get ready and imagine that happening 150 times a day, unconsciously, not even aware of it. And that's where, it, right, if you could just bring more awareness to your breath, then you'll be able to say like, oh, wow, I'm holding my breath or my tongue's on the roof of my mouth and my shoulders are kind of raised a little bit. This is the stress response and this is what we're living in way too often. So the good news is that the solution really isn't that difficult. It's just becoming more aware. I love that. Thank you for telling us about tech tech apnea. I've never heard of that before and it makes so much sense. And now I have like 15 questions for you. (laughs) But one, so I'll just free free flow it. But but when you talk about um, the, you know, the, the reminder, like having the necklace as a reminder, one of the things that I have found is that it's an amazing tool to use and just catching a glimpse of it then also tunes me into my breath. So ha- ar- being armed with the knowledge that you've just given us in terms of what it does to our brain, what, you know, tech apnea and these kind of, um, how many thoughts we have per day and what our body, the the different signals that the body gives, like the tensing of the shoulders and the tongue on the roof of the mouth and things like that. We can start to just, you know, we have this device, this, you know, not a technical device, but this, you know, thing that we're wearing that like you look at it, it's beautiful, but you catch a glimpse and it's like, oh yeah, my breath, you know? and, And it's like, oh, okay. So, you know, even if, you know, it, it has been made to be pretty discreet, but even if we are in a place where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm in a public bathroom and I don't, you know, like it's maybe we feel self-conscious about actually using it in that moment, but it can just be like, oh, let me just do like five, five intentional breaths where I feel my ribs expanding 
um, just through that connection of seeing it, your visual I mean, connection. Think about just sitting across from someone, right? What is it? Is it more fun to be with someone who is a little bit tense or you can tell is just really relaxed? And that energy is flowing, right? Like you can feel someone's energy. Your your energy is affecting their energy. So before I like to engage with people, it's it's that checking in of like, okay, what, let's, let's get all the sensors here of, of what's happening. Is there any signs of stress? And if there is, great. I just identified it. So it's like I was able to identify it before I communicate that, like that that tension or that that shortness of those energy, you know, wavelengths. So it's or even abrasiveness, right? But we are able to do that. And it's called interoception. This is, this all comes from, from our therapy department of our, of our brand, uh, because we have a therapist that's constantly learning these things. And interoception just means that you're, you're doing like that full body scan, but you're, you're doing it so often that you're, you're able to be so good at it. It's kind of like a muscle memory of the slightest little impulse from wait, my, you know, tongue is on the roof of my mouth. Is there something that just happened with a thought? Aha, I just got a text from so-and-so, you know, or I'm about to meet up with whoever it is, or um, I'm anticipating something, an email to come. And I, you know, my mind keeps ruminating back to that. You can always track it down if you get good at it. And that's why it's like, if you talk to anyone who is a breathwork practitioner or, uh, or in this space, they talk mostly, there's a, there's a, a lot of different breathing techniques and they're all fascinating. But 70% of the game is awareness. If you're aware, you can't, you can't use these breathing techniques unless you're, you're aware of what's happening. So if you don't understand where you are in your state of mind, and how do you know which, you know, uh, which breath technique to apply? Or how do you know what type of service it needs? You know, like you go to a mechanic, it's like, hey, what's up? What's wrong? You know, it's like the brakes are squeaking. Okay, I know how to fix that. So it's just becoming better at identifying all of these clues. And some people feel it in different places. Some people's knees hurt when they're stressed. I mean, stress is always know that whatever's happening with your mind, it's going to manifest. If there's a problem, it's going to manifest somewhere, whether you can't sleep at night, your knees hurt, uh, joint pain. Uh, you know, one of the scariest ones is basically inflammation because sometimes you don't know where that inflammation is happening. And oh, by the way, heart disease is still the number one killer in the United States. So those might be that might be happening to your arteries inadvertently, and you can't measure that, you can't feel that. So that's why, like, what we like to really harp on and press on is like, just try to bring your mind back to your body as much as you can. And what you're doing half the time is is great because you're actually being present when you're doing it. You know, like, how often do our minds just kind of wander? I love to ask people, you know, uh, when you're in the shower, ask yourself, where are you? Because <laughs> your mind is always, <laughs> you know, wherever it is, whatever I have to do, what did I do yesterday? What am I going to do later? You're, you're ruminating on the past. Like I should have said this or that or the other. So, um, so being present is a beautiful thing to say. It's another thing to actually practice it and build that muscle. So it goes in so many yeah. directions. Yeah, I love that. So heart disease, still the number one cause of death, not grizzly bear attacks. You would, you're shocking, right? No. Well, I guess our, it's the cortisol. So we know how to get away from grizzly bears, but we don't know how to get away from heart disease. Yeah. And it's like, and I'm not saying that, you know, don't watch your diet or don't exercise. Those are all critical yeah, yeah, to yeah. your, you know, to your, to your, uh, to your health and to your well-being. I think what I'm saying is that because 
you're going back to the phone, those 150 notifications and, you know, each one of those drips is a drip of cortisol and cortisol is a, it's a stress hormone. It's not a bad thing. It's, you need it sometimes, it's a, but you need to balance it in moderation. So, um, so I think what we're, what we're saying here is that fight is not a bad thing. Cortisol is not a bad thing unless it happens too often. And I think what these studies are saying is that because we are so much more engaged in information, there's so much to absorb every day. I mean, we have our news we have to follow. We have our, our, all of our emails. We have our text messages. We have a hundred different apps that are sending us notifications. So, um, if you can get yourself at least in a space where as I get it, I'm addicted to my phone as well. It's part of my business It's part of my family. Like, unfortunately we are where we are, you know, like we're not going backwards here. So it's just learning how to manage it. And in that case, it's like with the heart disease, it's, it's, if you can feel your heart rate, it's probably not a good thing, right? It's probably elevated for a reason. So it's just like investigate. I always tell, I always talk to my wife about it. It's like, okay, the tension's here, let's track it down. And I think that one of the coolest metaphors I heard was, it's like, pretend like you have antivirus software. And you remember back in the day when you would download a song or something like that, and you'd see this thing, you know, you just downloaded the Trojan horse virus. And it's great because you see it, you don't have to search for it. You can just delete it and take action and it's done. Installing that software into our minds, into our bodies is great because before you start to develop that hypertension, and you start feeling it in your heart, you're able to diffuse it before it like actually starts to build, you know, like plaque in your arteries and things. Yeah. So yeah. it's important. That's amazing. Yeah. I was just teasing. I'm, I was just being silly about the grizzly bear, but, um, because I, I like to use that kind of metaphor too, where it's like, you know, this is stress, you know, that stress response, that sympathetic nervous system is really powerful and helpful you know, in bursts when you need it, if you're being chased, if you're in danger, you know, but we, we do go around, like our bodies are in that response all the time unnecessarily. So I was you, with you, but I was just being silly. <laughs> no, have you actually heard of uh, catastrophizing? No, I haven't heard of that. So that is a, it's one of the keywords of our, of our partner, Daniel. Uh, he has a practice in Atlanta and catastrophizing is, I mean, I'm still guilty of it. And it's when you, you know, again, 50,000 thoughts a day. So there's a lot going on. One of these thoughts pops up, right? A little thought bubble of, you know, something with, ah, forgot to email so-and-so. And then it's, wait a second, who else did I forget to email? Oh my God, what if I forgot to email someone that was really important? And then, you know what? People probably think that I'm I'm uh, not doing a good job and then, and then I'm going to get fired. If I get fired, then I can't pay my bill. And then I'm going to lose my house. Like, we do this thing and it just, it's just this, it's called catastrophic thinking where, where one really <laughs> like innocent thought of like, oh yeah, like email John back, you know, like easy. I'll just text myself a note or something can turn into this. I'm going to lose my house. And obviously that's a very uh, exaggerated example, but uh, we, we tend to connect red dots with red dots. And what I mean by red dots is like these negative thoughts. That's like, so I forgot to email him back. And I also forgot last week that it was my sister's birthday. And then I'm, I, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't move my car like, and I, and I got a ticket. So what's wrong with me? You know, what's going on lately? Am I, am I, am I stupid? Am I like, is it, and you start to beat up yourself, you know, like the self-talk is a huge thing, but 
these thoughts just attract each other. They love negativity, loves negativity, right? So it's like these ions, you know, attaching themselves and, uh, and it can put you into a state of mind and into a mood that's not very fun. And it's talking about cortisol again. So, and then bringing back the grizzly bear, it's like, now you're kind of feeling like a grizzly bear is chasing you. Not fun. And that's not where we're supposed to be. So it's building the ability to catch that one red thought before it attaches itself to another. Like, wait a second. (laughs) No, I'm not going to let you do this brain. You know, like we're not doing this right now. We're going (laughs) to, we're going to just pour water on this and how it's simply by being aware and then using a few breaths to slow it all down so that, you know, the heart rate and the adrenaline and the cortisol and the, and, and the muscles tensing, like that doesn't all take, take grip. And then all of a sudden you're off into fight or flight and you're not very fun to be around. So, and then what else does that happen? What, what else does that lead to is because I'm sure a lot of your, your, your listeners get into this is it's hard to sleep at night. This is what's happening. I used to have this press conference in my head of like head hits the pillow and it's like, Todd, 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 what are we doing tomorrow? What's happening with this relationship? How are you paying your bills? And it's like, everybody stop. <laughs> like, this is not time for those questions. We're going to, we're going to go into a different place. And that's where the breathing techniques can get your brain and your heart and, you know, your body into a place where it feels like it's resting. And really there's nowhere else to go when you're thinking about your breath and when you're slowing your breath down other than to that place where you feel like you, you can fall asleep and that's, yeah. you know, and you need to sleep. <laughs> I love that. I mean, there's so many different ways to, it's, it's very empowering. It's like, how can we be more and more the creator of our existence and what it is that we want for ourselves? Because when we're in these stressful states and we're not sleeping, you know, our mind is racing. This is so common that people, you know, lay down to go to sleep. And then that's when everything starts screaming at them. And nobody really wants that. I mean, well, most people don't, maybe some people (laughs) never say nobody, but, um, but most people, you know, want to sleep peacefully. They want to be able to fall asleep as an example, but they just think that this is what my mind does. And it's like, yeah, okay, that's what your mind is doing right now. But there are actions that you can take to get more control over your experience, including what's happening physiologically. So I am so loving all of these biohacks. One of the things that you mentioned was the tongue on the roof of the mouth. So can you tell us more about that? Because as you were talking, I was like, my tongue's on the roof of my mouth. Like, I think I just... That's how I hold my position. So what's up with that? Yeah. What, what is up with that? Right. And there's all these things that, that, and that's, I love talking about this stuff because most people, it's, it's not part of our daily vernacular. Like we don't, we're not having coffee talking about the tongues in our mouth, right. From our mouth. So what I was going back to stress manifesting in a certain way, everyone has their own little thing, right. And mine is the tongue on the roof of my mouth. And what I, what I realized, I read it in an article once. And I stopped right in my tracks. I was like, whoa, that's me. And there isn't a problem with it, right? There's nothing wrong with you that you're doing that. But what I started to associate was when I was tense, I was doing it. And I learned that when I was relaxed, that wasn't happening. And I was starting to apply more, like the more tense I was, the more pressure I was applying on the roof of my mouth and kind of like toward my teeth. And then I got to the point where my 
the my my uh, the upper row of my teeth were a little uh, sore. For, and in some cases, I was applying so much pressure. Some people do it with their nails. Some people, and I'm not just talking about fidgeting, but um, some people will play with their hands and their fists, and it's just the body's way of expressing what's happening, right? It has to get out. Whatever's happening in here has to, it manifests somewhere in your feet, in your back. Uh, some people I've hurt it. Some people's knees hurt. I don't know why I'm not a scientist or a doctor, but I can tell you that if you're able to investigate where you're feeling the stress, so the next time you are feeling stressed, you'll probably feel your chest is tight and that your heart rate is, is increased. Look for other signs. Where else is it? You know, are you, uh, some people, this is a big one, is especially most of us that work, you know, basically all day, you start leaning into your computer, right? So you lean in and what's happening is your shoulders are kind of rounding and curling over. And what that's doing is, while it's very innocent because, you know, you just feel like you're concentrating more, it's a good thing. It's not. Because when your shoulders curl over, you're putting pressure on your diaphragm against your lungs so they can't get as much air in and out. So now you're breathing shallow, which is causing that fight or flight. Whereas if you had your posture back, and I'm not talking about award-winning posture here, but if you can sit with your chest out and shoulders back more often, now you're getting more air in and you don't have to work hard at it. It's just like it's you're breathing better just because you're sitting better, right? But the stress sometimes make you make, makes you, or even depression, right? It kind of makes you kind of sulk down or, or, or lean in a little bit or, or roll over. So the tongue, the shoulders, um, feet, nails, uh, hair, it, it, it find your it and identify it so that you're able to sense it when it happens. Like, oh, I'm rolling my toes again, or I'm, you know, whatever it is, or I'm grinding my teeth. For me, again, it's the, the tongue on the roof of the mouth, along with a lot of people and can agree with that. And again, it's okay if it's happening. It's just understand what's happening with your mind at the same time. Like, oh, I think I was just a little, and it doesn't, you don't have to be in panic state to be in fight or flight. You can be, it's a spectrum, right? You can be in like a four or five, which again, if you're playing tennis, like, cool, that's where you need to be. But if you're trying to sleep or you're trying to uh, be creative or focus or respond to an email and you're just not getting there, you're not able to articulate it the way you really want to, it's probably because you're in fight or flight. So it's just one of those little things, those little physical cues you can pick up on. I love it. Thank you so much. <laughs> so how can people learn more about you and find Camuso and, uh, and connect? Uh, thank you so much. So uh, again, my name is Todd and uh, founded Camuso Design. It's K-O-M-U-S-O Design. If you just Google us, it's the tool is called The Shift. So uh, The Shift is a breathing tool. And again, it is something that all the stuff we talked about today, it can help you really start to turn the tide on those little bouts of stress and tension and sadness and or whatever doesn't feel right. Uh, and I'll leave you with this too. This just happened last night. If any of you follow Dr. Andrew Huberman, uh, he's a professor at Stanford. He's got a very popular uh, Instagram channel, I think a YouTube following. Uh, I'm a big fan of his, but he came out with, and a lot of, a lot of you guys meditate along with myself. There was a study just done that said that five minutes of structured breathing per day can be more productive than five minutes of meditation. And I'm not saying that to denigrate meditation because that is meditation is, is absolutely critical. But the breathing, depending on where you are in your life, like if you're going to do something for your mind, that's going to 
that's going to help more and it's going to give you more of those practical benefits that can get you through your day to get you to sleep better get you to feel better you know one of my the, the quotes i love to use most is like a rising tide lifts all boats and if breathing can be the tide that lifts your emotions your sleep your longevity i mean all of these things at once and you're doing something for yourself that takes five minutes a day so whether it's through our tool or through just conscious breathing in the morning before bed at night or ideally all of the above uh, we think you'll be better off and um, i'm just happy to have the opportunity to talk about breathing today wonderful well i i have loved this thank you so much for for everything all the light that you've shed today on our physiology and this magic key of the breath. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Todd. No, Kara, thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been fun. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'd love for you to do me one quick favor, which is to think of one person who would benefit from hearing this content. Let them know you're thinking of them by sharing this episode with them right now. Thank you, and I look forward to the next meditation conversation.